you're fucked. A hundred years after that, fucked. A hundred years after you get free, you still getting fucked out of job and shot at by police. You see what I'm saying? This guy gets it. I like him. He's getting angry. Angry is good. Angry gets shit done. Um, before we continue on with the well, the police whole police situation. A cop in DC, I can't read his name on this uh video, but he, as a black man, I guess I, I would assume that he might be a rookie on the force. He looked pretty young in this in this photo. Uh, he's a cop in D.C. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he understood clearly from the look on his face. You could tell he understood the anger of the people. He understood what this whole protest is about. And a lot of the cops that I'm seeing that are kneeling or like marching along with the people, good for them. Something happened here in the D.C. police force that I think is really dirty. So this cop, this young black cop here, decided to to kneel in solidarity. I know, like, you're supposed to have this, you know, like, when, once you're doing a job, you have to follow along with your job. Mm-hmm. But I can see the emotion in his eye. If anything, just tell him, all right, you can just take the night off or whatever. Do, do something else. But mm-hmm. they thought it would be a bright idea. He decided to kneel with some of the protesters, right? Mm-hmm. And they decided to yank him up off the ground several times. And if anyone knows what his name is, I could kind of make it out here, but I, I don't want to panther or prather or whatever. I'm worried about his job because the way they yanked him up several times, like they're either going to eventually try to fire him or get him out of here or put him on the beat. Like they'll make you a traffic cop. If they, if you piss him off or something like that, they'll do things to you. And, uh, See, yeah, him, he's trying to do the right thing. That's what cops are supposed to do. Like, with this whole, when this whole situation went down, mm-hmm. every police force across the country should have condemned the actions of uh, that officer, who Derek Ch- Chauvin, or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. They should have condemned his actions immediately, come out with their own statement, say, we don't practice this here, this ain't what it's about. And if anything, the smart thing to do to show that you're here to help. First of all, that's what police are for. They're here to help a community, not destroy it. So what you should be doing is marching along with them, listening to their grievances, you know, show some type of solidarity with them, not beating the hell out of them. Right. Not, not when one of your fellow officers is clearly emotional like this and he's taking a knee, not yanking him up off the ground. Right. Not doing stuff like that. That's this looks crazy to me right here. What I'm looking at right now, that's just insane. Because I know a couple cops. I'm pretty sure a bunch of us know a couple cops that are are really good people, and they don't join the force to be a part of this type of bullshit where they're beating the shit out of people indiscriminately and murdering people. Mm-hmm. Another thing, we didn't mention the names of the other people who were a, an accessory to murder. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget about them. Thomas Lane, J. Alexander Kuhn, or whatever your name is, and um, 
Toe Thou. Yeah. Apparently, um, another can of worms in of itself. Yeah. Um, I I didn't get to see the video of them beating him up inside the car, but I did see another angle of at least two of them mm-hmm. on his back mm-hmm. while um um Derek was on his neck. Mm-hmm. And what? Like, where, where? Why do you need three or four people to take this man down? And apparently, y'all jumping him inside the car as well. Like, y'all wanted to hurt this man. And you brought up something too, um, uh, uh, CC, about how um, apparently they knew each other or something like this. Yeah. Well, so this is clearly a personal vendetta. It had yeah. to have been. Yeah, they used to be coworkers. Yeah, it's this whole situation is a, a freaking mess. Like, like, what did he do? Did he steal your girl or something? Why? Why? Right. Come. I think they were security at a nightclub together yeah, or something were. like that. They were. They were both um security at a nightclub together. Um. Yeah, you guys kind of like said a lot, and I have obviously my two bits of it. Um. One thing I will say, as far as what you all alluded to earlier, which is the prison industrial complex. Um. I which basically talks about how this country as a entity kind of like profiteers off of the prison system and privatization of the prison system and how it's created a new form of slavery, basically. Um, I highly recommend that our leaders, our leaders, you are leaders, that our listeners um, read The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. And that is a really great book that talks about how, you know, we got from, you know, transition from slavery to having this complex, you know, that where we basically like put people like we eagerly put people in this system. And then, you know, the recidivism rate is terrible and you just wind up, you could have like a minor infraction, you know, or a misdemeanor. And before you know it, you've been in prison like three, four times for half your life. So um, highly recommend that. And then um, the other thing that I will say too, that I think you alluded to Rio is that it's not, it's kind of like white supremacy is the water that we're swimming in. White supremacist patriarchy to be exact. And from that, and Christian supremacy is, is another piece of it too. But from that, you have all these other isms, you have xenophobia, you have homophobia, transphobia, you know, all these other things. And as marginalized people, we have to be extremely deliberate about going against that grain. You know, like you have to, you don't even have to be like me where you're like, rah, rah, you know, Black Lives Matter and the, you know, with your fist in the air all the time, but let it manifest in your art. You know, let it manifest in the work that you do and the conversations that you have, the uncomfortable conversations that you have when, you know, you're not waiting for, you're not doing it in a reactionary way. You know, you don't run away from those conversations and except in cases when it slaps you in the face. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I'm at with it is that you know, sweeping these things under the rug. And that's what we keep telling ourselves, like, oh, we just ignore it and not give too much attention to it. It'll go away. Like, that's never been the case. So I think that, you know, who was it? It was Nina Simone. It's an artist's duty to reflect the times 
in which they live. And, um, and I think it's so important that we incorporate that. And you see the many brilliant ways and people do that either through music, you know, through photography or through painting or whatever the case may be, um, or a podcast. So, um, I think that that's so important is that we continue to be very intentional about going against that grain because when you're silent, you're complicit. Speaking yep. on that, um, I was actually shocked with the amount of people that I at least think were genuine about it. Um, mm-hmm. That came. I know I'm paranoid about people, but the people I thought was genuine about it, like a lot of YouTubers and a lot of um, people that I wouldn't think on social media would speak on it actually did like um one of my i I posted it in our little group chat um one of my favorite uh tech youtubers he's actually the biggest tech youtuber on um uh youtube uh marquez brownlee mkbhd he actually made a video on this much where i thought like he would kind of avoid it but Mm -hmm. he made a whole 10 minute video about it and he he made some good points. So y'all should watch his video called "Reflecting on the Color of My Skin." He uh-huh. made a vi- he made a video on this situation, and he also tagged a bunch of other um, black YouTubers that he's interested in, you know, to give them some shine as well. Another YouTuber, like like I said, like like with white people, if you want to be an ally, use your mouth and use your wallet. Um, but don't talk out of turn. Make yeah, sure. don't talk out of turn. Yeah, oh, use your okay. use your Use your mouth and your wallet, but be very careful. Right. Um, this 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 guy, uh, Jerry rigs everything. Right. He basically <laughs> destroys smartphones and like shows you the inside of the guts and everything within it. Right. He's a white guy, and like he doesn't literally. You can't see his face in any of his videos. It's just his hands, and he's showing you the the cell phone, whatever he's tearing down. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, he put a little tidbit in there. You know, he put a quote. Um, um, from Floyd, you know, the, the the most saddest quote you could think of is, you know, I can't breathe. But mm-hmm. he made sure to write that down in his video and he left it there so you can see it and you can't miss it. And mm-hmm. he made sure to write it, it, it both, so you can see it right there. And he put it next to some nice, uh, you know, he just made sure that you can see it at all times. And he would put some, he usually puts a lot of smart remarks in his videos mm-hmm. and he made sure to put smart remarks about how our country is treating people as he was doing his tear down. So like, there's ways you can, like you said, reflect it in your art. There's ways to talk about what needs to be talked about in your art. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was great. I was actually shocked. And this brings me into how do you guys feel about not just um, the more ground level quote unquote celebrities or YouTubers or Instagram people talking about this. How do y'all feel about, corporations saying that uh they support black people or donating money and or whatever how do y'all feel about them doing this go for it rio because i know you got something to say <laughs> now you, you know you're gonna have to take this one first i'm gonna have to really think one because actually I, I thought where alex was taking that was mm-hmm. in the my like more anger filled direction where I thought he was going to say, what do you think about the companies who are supporting 45? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll lead into that. That is going to lead after this one. I mean, well, that's just it, you know, is that it's, it's super easy to like negate 
the easily negatable, right? But when we, the real problem, particularly as Americans, and I think that, you know, we do, because we don't talk about race and politics and all these things. So um, it's like, damn, I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Um, the uh, companies um, saying oh. that they support black lives and or either donating money and making tweets and stuff about this yeah. whole situation. So the one thing that we as Americans cannot grapple is nuance. Um, we struggle with that. We are extremely polarized. So like on one end, I do think that it is important for corporations to like take a stand on this. At the same time, there are certain ones, you know, like there are certain ones, like Ben and Jerry's, Ben and Jerry's been on top of it. Like Ben and Jerry's been with the shit, you know what I'm saying? Like they've, and they put their money where their mouth is too. So that's like another thing. It's not enough just for you to say, oh, you know, put up a post saying hashtag Black Lives Matter. Like, no, what money are you giving? What's your track record as a corporation? What are you doing in Africa? Are you doing any fuck shit in Africa? Because I need to know, you know, like Coca-Cola, like all these different corporations who are a, like, in essence, a manifestation, like the, not a manifestation, like the materialization of systemic oppression is the corporation. So you have to go even more above and beyond to go against the grain because there's no way that like no corporation exists without being built on the back of an exploited class period well said Rio um yeah I I, I 100% agree with Cece and you uh, put your money where your mouth is because and <laughs> this makes me I don't know this this stuff is just so irritating to me yeah. um, that it even has to be here but yes put your money where your mouth is because you would have no problem giving that money to fund something mm-hmm. that is insignificant to anybody's life mm-hmm. you know like uh, you know some kind of I can't help but take it here. Some kind of election crap. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that way somebody can stand on a podium and say a bunch of useless nonsense that's going to mean nothing to anybody mm-hmm. except for pushing agenda or like you said earlier in the conversation, CC, mm-hmm. demonize, dehumanize people, mm-hmm. villain, you know, uh, create a villain for people to go ahead and attack and feel justified in attacking. Mm-hmm. Yes. Put your money where your mouth is and put it towards something positive and make sure that that money goes towards something positive. Make sure that money isn't wasted and doesn't just fall into some black hole of somebody's Mercedes or, you know, some weekend getaway party. Right. You know, uh, it is important. Yes. But that, I don't know, like that, that, that is, is a, it's a difficult one because it's always tricky investing in something mm-hmm. and wanting to see what your investment went towards. Right. Like, like where is rebuilding the communities? You know, right. uh, where is putting, you know, a, a place for children to play parks? Where's the education? Right. You know, like uh, for every, all these damn casinos that open up, 
that's part of the deal. Okay, we'll let you open up a casino in our state, but whatever we, whatever money you make from that, we're going to take the taxes and we're going to put it, you know, towards the education, you know, so that way they can uh, build an addition to the schools, uh, revamp the gym, the football fields, um, put it towards music programs. But then what? By the time that, you know, the deal is, is all said and done, maybe a percentage of that money that was promised in the beginning will make it to the school programs. But then it'll go to, you know, some governor or mayor's pockets or whatever. So that way they can go ahead and have their fundraiser or they can have their galas and all that kind of stuff. But that's a whole other thing. Let me not go too no, far you know off track. What? I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, I work in nonprofits, so I can tell you about all that, you know, pompous stuff all day. Um, but it's funny that you even bring that up because if corporations were paying their fair share in taxes, then we probably wouldn't need for them to be coming out of pocket to put their money where their mouth is in donations, you know, and if our, if our funding was allocated correctly, and I was talking about this the other day with someone, you know, that we stigmatize again, there's that stereotyping of black people as being lazy and being the welfare queen and our, you know, tax dollars, like the amount of our tax dollars that goes to social programs like welfare, healthcare, social security, it's like pennies on the dollar compared to corporate subsidies and the budget for our military, which most of that goes to our arms, you know, our armory. It doesn't go to helping the actual soldiers and airmen and you know, Coast Guard or whoever. Right, VA programs or something like that, right. you know, to go ahead and, you know, people who are who have served the country, who are coming back, who might, you know, their mental state might not be where it should, you right. know, who need that kind of assistance. Then yeah. what? They're dependent on getting another job and then paying out of pocket for, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Um, uh, A psychiatrist or whatever it may be. And a good um, chunk of those people are black people. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. like look at Vietnam, you know, how, how we were treated. And any, pick a war. Pick a war. <laughs> like, look at how we were treated. Like, oh, hey, we want you to fight for our freedom. And we're like, wait, whose freedom? Like, wait, let's back up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep, and, that's why I don't blame Ali for what he said, man. Right, I ain't fighting right, that war. Right. That's a damn man. And it's so, um, I'm so glad that you all brought that up about the conversation with allyship and how, you know, poor whites and, uh, and black people, even though we have different experiences, we're all oppressed by the same system. Yep, right? and they use race to divide us. And uh, sadly, a lot of white people don't know, well, I'll just say it, fuck it. Before I, you- a lot of white people don't know how to know that you're being used. You have this superiority complex and they're just using you. They don't really care about you either. But, but I wanna you get- fall for the bullshit. But go ahead. I want to get into the historical context of why that is. Um, So in 1676 through 1677, in Virginia, actually, um, you had what was called Bacon's Rebellion. And there was a man by the name of Nathaniel Bacon who was credited with, um, you know, when it having this revolt against the governor of Virginia at the time. And basically what happened was the... African slaves and the white indentured servants were joined forces 
and revolted against the powers that be. And immediately, like in, in the wake of that rebellion, the slave codes were introduced. And what the slave codes did was it made slavery a lifelong thing. Like you, it basically, like you were going to be a slave from the day you live to the day you die. Your slavery, um, your status was determined by the race of your mother. So it racialized slavery, like explicitly racialized it. And then indentured servants, you know, they're, they still remain temporary. Like they serve for a certain number of years and then you get your freedom. You know, you get whatever amount of money that you were owed. And, and so basically what that did was it created whiteness. It created white privilege and um, like institutionalized white privilege. And that's why you see this complex where poor white people it's like they're blaming us for all their problems, but then they can't, they can't bridge the gap in the fact that we identify with a lot of the same issues. So um, that's kind of like, and, they, and it's what they call wedge issues in sociology. Wedge issues are basically like a distraction to drive you away from the real problem. Yeah, and- I was um, speaking of that, uh, there was a, a skit a comedy skit about something literally exactly what you're talking about. Um, it was about like how um, uh, white, I mean like white Southerners who, you know, who people who love their guns and all this other crap and like Southern black people or something like that, how Southern, like Southern poor hick white people and how Southern um, black people or black people in general or whatever how we have like similar issues and they were like oh yeah we don't like this we don't like this either we don't like we love this we love this too mm-hmm. but then they turn around and be like well I'm still better than you though and it's like right. what it's right. like nigga we, we agree on so much but you just like turned around and just said screw you it's, which is really hilarious it's like like why can't they just I don't understand how they can't just get it through their heads like we're all the same here like well, y'all, even, y'all invented this bullshit. Well, they've done that before where they've surveyed like the pro-choice movement, right? Versus the pro-life or anti-choice movement. And they asked them what their values were. And what they found was in the research that their values were basically the same. Like the values and the reasons that motivated them, the values that motivated them to do the work they uh, were To doing. make their decision. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But how those values manifested, you know, and how they felt like those values should be like implemented. It was like a total cognitive difference in terms of that. And that's the weird thing about America. You know, like I'm first generation born here or whatever. Right. So my view, like when I, um, learned about American history or whatever and like the constitution and everything and why they came here. It makes sense. It's like, all right, we want to do our own thing. We want to be quote unquote free. We want to just live our lives and be ourselves and allow people the opportunity to be who they want to be. Right. You make up this document, you make up this grand plan Uh yet you turn around and enslave people and treat them like trash and then you turn around and be like, all right, well, you're free. And then you just throw them off into the dirt and say, all right, now just pick yourself up the way we did. I'm like, you can't just snatch people up 
you can't say that you believe in this document, the Constitution, yet treat people that you brought here unwillingly mm-hmm. like trash and then turn around, quote unquote, free them later and then still treat them like trash. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know, man. My, my thoughts are all over the place. It's just, it's just really weird. Like, what, once I started noticing all of that when I was like, cause I, I was, I used to be a really big history buff. And when I started like reading all this stuff, it was just, it's so hypocritical. It's like literally hypocritical. But that's, that's, there's so much, everything that you all are saying, there's like so much historical t- context behind it. And I'm trying to like, I re- I want Rio to say something cause I want to respond to what you said though. Um, but Rio, I feel like you got something to say too. I was I was just gonna bounce off of what Alex was saying with the comedy thing. I don't. You guys are probably if you've seen all the Dave Chappelle stuff like I have. Yeah. Uh, Dave Chappelle makes a joke where he's like, "I'm rich and I'm black," and he said, "And there's a poor white guy somewhere mm-hmm. who still thinks that he's better than me, mm-hmm. or wouldn't want my life just yeah, because trade, I'm black." Yeah, wouldn't trade his wouldn't trade his life. For wouldn't shit. trade yes. his, wouldn't trade his double wide trailer yes. for a man, <laughs> which is insane. Speaks, that speaks volumes as to like the issue mm-hmm. in this country. There was another there was another video that I saw. It was a uh, professor, and and he was in front of the class, and he said, "No, it was a woman." Uh, she said, uh, "I'll prove to you that it's like that." being black in America isn't like equal. Mm-hmm. And then she asked the class, she said, uh, how did she, how did she word it? She asked the entire class. She said, would anybody, she was like, of all the uh, white students in here, mm-hmm. would any of you choose to be black? Mm-hmm. Like, would you just want that mm-hmm. and like live that well, life and have to deal with yeah. Right. right. And nobody, none of the white students raised their hand. Beca- and that right there just shows uh, what is what's I can, what's the word complicit like that. They know they're aware that uh-huh. that it's not equal and that, you know, African-Americans in this country are not being treated equally to how they are because you get pulled over by the cops. Your heart starts beating fast. Right. You know, right. uh, you go into a store, somebody's following you. Right. You know, or they're watching you on cameras. They're watching you in the, the remit in the mirrors. Right. You know, uh, I mean, what the heck else? You can't get a cab. You know, nobody wants to stop for you. It's automatically right. assumed that you did something. You right. know, it's just <laughs> so they know, but they're they don't care. Right. They're like, well, um, thank good. At least I don't have to deal with that. You know, right. what's it yeah, called? You- Will, willful ignorance is what it's called. Absolutely. Yes. And, and 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 a lot of times it'll be, well, I haven't seen that. I yeah. haven't seen that happen to somebody. Right. So, right. Yeah, you that, ju- then they try to yeah. then they try to make it anecdotal. Uh, anecdotal. Yes. So yeah. You're just saying that, so you know, you're or you're exaggerating what the situation was, what happened. But that and you know, like a god complex, like oh, I gotta approve of it, or I gotta see it myself, or it didn't happen. You know. Yeah. That, that's, um okay so because before we uh because <laughs> we, we, we got out we got oh go ahead 
going to say, I wanted to talk about something that you tapped into and you were talking about how, you know, when European settlers came to this country that they were looking for freedom and all this other thing. And how could they take that and turn right around and do it to someone else? One of the like most eye-opening things you could probably read is probably the diaries of some of our early explorers. Like if you read the diary of Christopher Columbus, like they were not there looking for freedom. They were there looking for power. Well, yeah, Columbus was sent there on a mission to get yeah. some bread. He wasn't, he wasn't, I, would, I don't consider him a, a settler. He's not a settler. He, he was literally <laughs> sitting there as a conqueror. Yeah, but even in the case of the other, you know, it was like, it's called the British, someone, a historian was saying this on the podcast I was on the other day. It's called the British Empire for a reason. It's not called the British Coalition. <laughs> you know, like it's <laughs> an empire. Like we're here to tell you what the fuck to do. And if you don't listen to us, there's consequences. Yeah, you know? you're going to get smoked. Right. So, you know, and even even amongst themselves, the British and the French and the Spanish, they were all going at each other's throats trying to like, oh, we're going to claim this land and this land. Like, that's the ultimate white privilege. Like, this land already belongs to other people living there and y'all fighting amongst yourselves, you know, who's going to take what piece. And there was a, um, the Berlin, I think it's the Berlin Treaty, where Europe divided up Africa Um and that's why like certain like Angola is Spanish and then certain uh, countries are French and certain countries are that. So like, man, this rabbit hole goes so deep. It's not even funny. But that's like the greatest lie that they ever told us was that, uh, I mean, you have some exceptions like the Quakers. The Quakers are, are like chill, you know, and, and the Amish, like they're chill. Um, but I know a lot of chill Amish. So shout out to my Amish friends. Y'all yeah. know who y'all are. Y'all was commenting on my uh, Facebook page when I said my white friends will fuck you up. Uh, shout out to y'all. <laughs> and, yeah. and the Amish were out there protesting too. Right. And so, and the Quakers have, and the Quakers have historically been known to be like pro, you know, like anti-slavery, all that. So like, I get it. But as far as the system and the people who were in control of like the ships that were going over there and, you know, who was in actually in charge and it wasn't them. It was people who were there to come and take, you know, everything, they take everything that they could from these, these people in this land. So it's unfortunate. Yeah. All right. That was a good rabbit hole, but we got to get back. So now we're going to get on what Rio really wants to talk about is these companies that are supporting Mr. POTUS, 45 or whatever y'all want to call him. Yeah. I never uh, call him the president. Yeah, 45. Uh, I always um, call him one outside thing I, of what he is. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I will say, I I posted an audio clip of another podcast that I listened to of a bunch of companies that were um, you know, campaigning, you know, raising money for his re-election or something like that. Mm -hmm. There is one that after doing some fact checking, I should have fact checked all of them, but fact checking one, the Wendy's one is actually a person who owns multiple, you know, it's a franchise. So you can right. buy portion, you know, you can buy businesses or whatever. You can buy multiple. So that, that one is a guy who happens to own a bunch of Wendy's who donated money. And then they, whoever made the post just put, it's Wendy's uh, in general. Yeah. So yeah. it's not actually Wendy's in general. And there's one other company who's like adamantly denying. It's like, yo, we are not supporting that, man. Uh -huh. uh, I have to look that up. So 
as we talk well, about this one, we got to kind of be careful about which one we're saying because it's, it's kind of tricky with some of them. Some of them, yeah. we know who they are. We know who they are. Yeah. And <laughs> we can talk about those. But yeah, there are some that is kind of tricky, especially with the franchises ones. Those uh, this- might actually be people. But they're also playing both sides of the fence. Like I know for a fact, exactly. Nike, exactly. Nike posted, oh yeah, we care about Black Lives, blah, 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 blah. But they've also donated to um, Trump's first election, if I'm not mistaken. I want right. to be very clear about it. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm mistaken, I'm mistaken. But I know they donated to the Republican Party, yeah. which was on Trump's side when, once he won the nomination. Man, I think so, corporations, corporations be donating yeah. to both sides so, simultaneously. Yeah, you know, so... Wins, they got them by the balls, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, dang, slick. So as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to, like, those super major ones, especially, like, Nike... Louis Vuitton. I don't care about none. They're going to play both sides of the fence. They're not going to lie. Speaking of Louis Vuitton, I'm about to go quick rabbit hole. Um, Virgil Abloh. Do y'all know who that guy is? You ever heard of him? He's a designer. Um, so y'all heard of the clothing brand Off-White, right? No? Nobody? <laughs> okay, so uh, okay, I'll be there. So basically, there's this clothing brand called Off White. It's real cool amongst all the you know street wearers. I, I used to be kind of into all this type of stuff, so I guess I kind of know. Um, he was uh, or is uh, Kanye West's friend, and you know when Kanye wanted to be into fashion and all that crap, and he was trying to get some job at Louis Vuitton, but his friend Virgil ended up getting the job at Louis Vuitton and doing this whole situation and made his own business called Off-White and all this other crap. Mm-hmm. He was cool. You know, I, he was cool. But he's done some recent fuck shit. This dude had the nerve to donate $50 to some black organization and post his shit like he did something. And then turn around and sneak, donate 20, 20 grand afterwards when everybody baked him um, and threw him under the bus. People like that, we don't need those type of people, all right? Like, y'all need to stop propping up Louis, stop propping up uh, Off-White, and stop propping up all these, like, luxury brands. They don't care about you. Mm-mm. We need to hop off that, like... Yeah. Just, they just, don't. And they don't care about you. It's plenty of black designers that we can patronize. Yeah. Speaking of... Um, price ranges. I all just... I just bought a, a shirt from my new one of my new favorite rappers, Killer Mike. I just bought a, a Kill Your Masters shirt. I'm gonna be rocking that joint on the podcast next week. Hopefully, if it gets here in time. Did you watch um, Trigger Warning? His show. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. That's when he became one of my new favorite. Um, him and Charlamagne also did an interview together, and I was like, "Yo, I think I like this dude." And I just started like yeah. listening to all his. Music. I'm like, "Yo, Kill Your Masters." Kill- Killer Mike is so tired. Oh he yeah, I felt so, so sad tired now. when he made his speech. It's him. He was like, like, "I don't want to be here." I'm sorry, Cece. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. Cause I, it was funny because um, people were criticizing like Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole and like other people in the in you know in that conscious music category. And someone put out a tweet the other day, and it was like. Kendrick gave y'all a whole album <laughs> talking about this shit. And y'all, you know, basically dogged him saying that, you know, we couldn't dance to it. 
So that's why, you know, people, and that's another thing people used to typecast um, conscious artists as boring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do that to J. Cole all the time. J. Cole's a beast. J. Cole's a beast. They're crazy. Yeah. And and actually, J. Cole in particular has been seen marching with folks. Yeah. He was out there. Um, But it's like these people have made it their life's work to bring awareness to these issues. You know, they, they donate money to these issues. And it's like, now you want them to come out and speak after you, mar- you know, like marginalize them? Like, come on now. An album takes two, maybe three years worth of work. And then they're right. exhausted after all that work. Sometimes they even do come yeah. out. They got to do promo and all this other crap. Mm-hmm. And J. Cole was, like we just said, J. Cole was already out there in the street. And y'all still want to kill these people? Let's get off that. Get off yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, another thing. I want to give somebody credit that, like, I used to be a great fan of. Well, I'm a fan of the music, not of the person. Oh. And I don't want to give them any credit for anything. <laughs> but I have to be fair, even though I'm still highly angry at this person. Uh, Mr. Kanye West, all right? Thank you for not speaking. All right. Thank you for not saying anything this year. And thank you. See, you, Kanye West, you need to do what the white people do. Well, what I what I suggested that they do. Keep your mouth shut and open your wallet. Thank you for putting that money in that. Um, you know, of course you can't bring back, you know, Mr. Floyd. We can't bring him back, but you you um pay for that young girls college, which is a great thing. You know, you put a lot of money. <laughs> in their bank account, which is good. But for now, just keep your mouth shut. Do not speak. Ain't enough money in ain't enough money in the world to wash the blood off your hands. Yeah. Right. But I Thank it, you. it ain't about that. Yeah, I know that. I know that. But I I'm I'm a I'm a because I've been I've I've murdered Kanye ever since uh he said that um what was that? Um we chose like to be in slavery. Yeah. Like I was already done with them, but at the same time, like that, like just you know, just you know, I call things trash. Right. That was a dumpster fire when Which that came crazy out. Crazy because in his first album, he talks about like being discriminated. I'm telling you, when, once his mother passed away, something snapped. He was lost. I understand that he was on medication and all this other crap too, but at the same time, I'm like. Like he doesn't have real people around him. I know it for a fact. No. He, he does not have real people around him. And you know, obviously him not having his mother, not having whatever mental um medication he may need, and having all these fake people around him, this man thinks he's someone he's not. He thinks he's on top of the world when he's not. But see, he's always kind of had a little bit of a God complex. Yeah, he's a he's a narcissist. Let's let's get that straight. We know he's a narcissist. And not only that, but it's like he's also alienated himself from his family. And see, this is like the type of stuff that happens with regular people all the time. Like he was alienating himself from his family, who was trying to hold him accountable. And um, and then it's like you started associating yourself with people who. Don't have your best interest in mind, and are the total using you are the total antithesis of the shit you rap about. Like, yes, you know what I'm saying, like, how does that make any sense? And then, and that's another thing too, is that, and I'm gonna be like quite frank with you. 
there are far too many, I feel, brothers in this community whose like love for black people is tied to their mom. And that shit like and, and to the to the degree that some of them, like the only black woman in their life that they give a fuck about is their mom. You know what I mean? And then on there, it just I don't know. I, I it's kind of it's a lot for me to like talk about and digest, but I just feel like there's not enough self-affirmation among a lot of people in our communities. And, you know, we tie our self-love and our identities to certain things and certain people. And then when we lose it, like your, your love for your people and your culture should not have died with your mom. Yeah, I understand where you come from. I could, I have a theory on it. Um, Cause now that you bring it up, I just, a theory just popped in my head. Like you, when you said um, your love for your people being tied to your mom, maybe Mm-hmm. Well, at least it's not for me, at least, but maybe it might be tied into the fact that being told you ain't shit, you ain't never going to be shit, you know, like being told by the world you ain't nothing. And the only person telling you you are something or yeah. at least the only person you see that yeah. is telling you that you are something is your mom. And to lose that is like losing yourself. It's losing any confidence you had in yourself at the time. I'm not making that, you know, I don't know, but yeah, but Kanye's also I don't know. He's also always alluded to the fact he's he's kind of alluded to the idea that he's had his he's had support from numerous members of his family, at least in his first album. He kind of like. Alluded oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end. Yeah. When he was shouting out all his family members and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. But yeah, well, yeah, West is just a, the I just wanted to give him a, <laughs> a, a reluctant. I'm very shocked that he kept his mouth shut. And just did something right and just shut up. Probably because Kim yeah. came too. And which is weird that, like, because I don't trust her for nothing, but it's I very weird. Yeah, it's very weird that she would even have the thought to. <laughs> exactly. Like, even yeah. think to make him do anything positive for his own, which is very weird. So. But let's get off Kanye because I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, um, shout out to Mayweather too, though. Shout out to Mayweather for uh, paying. I hate him too. See, that's another thing. See that, and that's another thing. Mayweather. I'm sorry, like, I don't so like him either. Mayweather, who has several domestic violence charges against him, like uh, uh, from five different women. You know what I'm saying? And I'm pretty sure they were all women of color. Like that's the type of bullshit I'm talking about. It's like, and no, no shade to you, Rio, because it's like I'm just making you aware of it. But yeah, yeah. Like, you can't be Mr. Black Lives Matter over here trying to donate money and shit. But then when it comes to black women, like if you treating black women like shit and, or your scope of, of black lives mattering is cisgender, heterosexual black men, you've ruled out the vast majority of black people. You know what I mean? So you can't like and, and that's another thing, too. I wrote a blog two years ago. I'll send it to you all if I haven't already and I'll um, send it to you, Alex, so you can put it on our social media. But I talk about how, um, you know, intersectionality and want inequality and equity and all these different things. If we're ever going to see them manifest on a global scale, 
we have to start with our behavior and the way we interact with people in our relationships. Like that's, that's cause that's the big, the greatest thing that you have control over. And that's anything from refusing to tolerate racist pieces of shit who, you know, who are infringing upon your rights or your safety or any of your other friends' safety. And then also, you know, like taking a stand and doing all the things that, um, that need to be done and um, when, when your friends and family or just people in general are in need. And, um, and, you know, even in the nonprofit community, I've experienced that a lot of times where you had people who were super self-righteous and, you know, they, had, they would give great speeches and all that, but like in real life, they were a bitch. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, damn, well, like you was just talking all that shit on stage. Like, what the fuck is this? That's so, the mask they wear. Yeah, so it's like you got to really embody those values and understand that like justice and intersectionality and all these different things are virtues they're not just theories like this is a way of life and um until people embody it as such we're just going to keep going on the hamster wheel yeah running in place Mm -hmm. yeah but um what where, where do we start this topic at? <laughs> we be going down these rabbit holes. Uh, it was basically about um, all these companies oh, um, um, yeah. supporting POTUS. Um, and yeah, in our last... Okay, yeah, go, go ahead first. Go ahead, go ahead. The company supporting 45. Fuck y'all. I hate you. Um, I want this country to move forward, not backwards. I don't want a civil war. I don't want that. Uh, and by you giving money and supporting this and trying to make the vote go in a certain direction, you are putting this country in danger. And I love this country. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it's very irresponsible. Those companies that are funding this, it's very, very irresponsible. Look at the condition of this country right now. You're being irresponsible. You're being reckless. And when you're reckless with the people who live in this country, we are all here because we fought and we will fight to keep it. And you corporations aren't going to beat the people. Like, that's just not going to happen, clearly. I mean, they're already burning all your shit down, you know? So unless you want us to come to the headquarters and burn that down too, right? stop funding hate. Stop, fun- stop funding divisiveness. Stop. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who needs to warn them or who needs to talk to them or get the message clear, but whoever can do it needs to do it. So we don't, so that way 2021 won't be the Republic of China because they're just going to come over here and take this joint because we're all going to be at each other's throats. It's, it's enough. Yeah. CC. I mean, how you feel about these companies, man? Supporting. I mean, I got five, man. I got, I got feelings. I don't really have anything to say to them because I know they don't give a fuck. All they care about is dollar signs. So it's like I don't really have anything to say to them. But you know, I do agree with Rio that you're not gonna beat the will of the people. Like the people are what fuels the economy at the end of the day. So you know, history has told us time and time again 
that until you eradicate a problem, it's going to continue to rear its ugly head and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. It's like you just keep pulling the weed out and you wonder why the shit grows back because you're not getting to the root of the problem. So, you know, what you going to do? <laughs> and, um, and I think that part of that is also just like my attention is going to be more directed towards talking to us and our people and how can we, you know, put ourselves in a position where we can leverage these corporations, you know? Yep. Uh, I don't even got anything to say about those companies either. Cause Rio said it perfectly. Uh, I got something to say to the people who, you know, regular people like us, the regular people who actually support 45. Um, especially those people who claim to be like constitutionalists and, you know, they're all about the constitution and all that bullshit. Right. right. Now yeah, I do see what he did in DC, right. When mm-hmm. he wants to be all big and bold, step outside and tear gas protesters. Right. Now you claim to be a constitutionalist. It is those people's constitutional right to protest. He decided to tear gas and beat up Americans so he can walk across the street mm-hmm. and hold up a Bible that he doesn't even believe in. And I know a lot of you claim to be Christian. He held up a book he doesn't even believe in and he gassed and beat up American citizens, right? He broke y'all rules. The way y'all can, the way, like, there's no reason for you to support this man. He's, he's broken every rule that y'all claim to believe in. So if y'all have any type of heart or anything within you, you got to get rid of them. Shit. There's other Republicans on the ballot. If y'all have to vote a Republican, do that. Do not vote for this man. This man is not what you need in your life right now. Trust me. This is bullshit. And he, in my opinion, he's already signed away. Like Joe Biden still needs to speak. But honestly, all Joe Biden has to do right now is just shut up (laughs) because this man literally handed over the presidency. He attacked U.S. citizens. He's he's handed over the presidency. Um, I don't know. I don't know. if I'm not so sure. One, because disenfranchisement is still very much a thing. That's a whole other situation. And then, you know. History has taught us time and time again that people vote for candidates and not against them. It don't matter how terrible the other candidate is. You know, people vote for, they're just not going to come out, especially when you have all these restrictions. Like we're the only industrialized nation who doesn't have a a federal holiday for election day. Um, We have voter ID laws, like all these hoops you got to jump through. And gerrymandering. Gerrymandering is perhaps the big Big problem. Franchisement. And you have all these districts that are re, you know, they redistrict them all the time. Every time a new person comes into power. And that's how you have people who stay in power till the day they die. So, um, and also, you know, you wind up with these counties, like even though you'll have within a certain area, the population will be diverse, but districts will be like heavily segregated you know, to, um, to kind of appeal to that. And then of course the electoral college, like, come on now. It's yeah, that's bullshit. It's dated. You know what I mean? And even the Senate, like Wyoming has the same number of senators as California and New York. Like that doesn't make any sense. Not at all. 
So we had we we made a, a very long podcast. So <laughs> any closing words for our listeners or just people in general y'all wanna close out with? Uh CC, Rio, anything? What what I would like to just be able to say is one word and that's vote. Mm-hmm. But I've been freaking saying that for the past four years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but I don't know. Like, if, I don't. How did we get here? How did we get to this point in this country? How how have the problems that our great grandparents had to deal with still a problem for us, mm-hmm. the descendants? Uh, how do we how how have we not moved more than a step in the right direction right right you know are we moving forward or are we moving lateral right like are we getting out of each other's way or are we standing in each other's way like what what is what are what are we going to do what what are we going to do with like with our home cuz everybody who's listening this is whether you were born here, whether you were brought here, whether you're first generation, if you want to be here, this is your home now. And you don't want to live with people that you don't like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, nobody wants to do that. Like, you move somewhere else. But you shouldn't have to. You know, we shouldn't have to move. Right. Especially when the house was built on our parents' backs, our parents' parents' backs. We shouldn't have to move. We earned it just as much as the next person. Mm-hmm. No matter what color they are standing next to us. We earned it. We deserve it. And we should be able to love and just care. Rio for president. <laughs> I feel you, Rio. Yeah, for sure. I think um there's so much to this conversation, right? That's why, like, the unfortunate thing about, like, I have a career (laughs) out of this because there's so much, like, there's so much work to be done. Um, I do want to leave off on a positive note and let folks know that I had the honor and privilege of helping write a um, police reform bill for the city of Philadelphia with um, Curtis Brown from Head Nerds in Charge. So shout out to him and a, gr- a brilliant cohort of folks. So that is something that's on the table and really hoping that it will be something that's a widespread, that becomes a, a trend in this country. Um, so I sent you the screenshots of that, Alex. Feel free to post it on our page and everything. But we've got our work cut out for us. And I think that it's important to continue to have these types of conversations, even when we're having our nerd conversations, because all of that is rooted in this. You know, all of the things that we're experiencing right now, the things that our grandparents experienced have inspired some of the greatest stories ever told. And, um, and I think we're really doing ourselves a disservice to tiptoe around these issues when they are the basis of the, the very things that we're passionate about. And I'm just as passionate about Black lives as I am about X-Men. You know what I'm saying? 
and and there's no one no one can make me choose like no one can make me choose between who i am charla lawson and being a black person because i am always the same i'm always both at the same time all right that was uh that was pretty perfect from the both of y'all <laughs> only thing i gotta add to that is um Y'all really care about this country the way you say you do. Don't just vote and don't just claim on social media that you care. Go out there, affect your community the way you claim that you care. And y'all know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to you, Karen. I'm talking to you, uh what's what's a Hillary. Hi- Hillary. what's another white name? <laughs> a white man or something. Give me a name. Joe. Joe. All right. John Smith. Don't be, uh, uh, what is it called? Cognitive dissidents or don't be, um, complicit. Complicit. Don't be, uh, don't pretend like you don't see a problem. You know, it's a problem. It's 2020. Don't try to act like we're just now noticing that there's inequality here. There's always been inequality here. We shouldn't have to even mention that we're a quote-unquote black podcast. We should just be a podcast, but we're not because of bullshit like this. So right. I ain't got much to say to y'all. Um, oh, yeah, and fuck 45. But um, <laughs> Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah, and, and um, Black Lives Matter. You know. Oh, and another thing. Um, I've been tweeting a lot lately. Um, I need you people who claim to be um, conservative or whatever, stop putting Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all them other hippie white liberal groups uh, alongside us. We're not doing what they're doing. We we have our own thing going on. We have our own issues over here. Stop doing that. Stop playing that game and putting us with other groups and all this other craziness. Y'all know what y'all doing. This is bullshit. Um, stop that shit immediately. Uh, I want to say something happy, but there's nothing happy for me to say. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Cece. I just want to lift up the names of the women who created Black Lives Matter. Yes, do that, please. Alicia Garza, Patrice Colors, and Opal Tornet. Tornetti. There we go. All women, all queer affirming. So when I say that to be misogynist or to be homophobic or any of those other isms that you want to pick out of a hat is to be anti-black, I mean it. Yeah. And uh, specifically coming from me to you, Cece, thank you for what you're doing for Philly because that's my hometown. And that means a lot. Hey, I'll put a little cheer in here somewhere. Yeah, family in Philly too. I mean, but that's part of the thing. It's like, I mean, I hate to get on my soapbox, but that whole uh, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Philly's two hours away. You know what I'm saying? If it could happen there, it could happen here. And I got family there. Like this is personal to me too. Yeah. And I don't know if like, do our listeners know like, like that we are surrounding DC, like, the four of us. Well, they know now. <laughs> like, so, Hi, everybody. We're in D.C. 
Yeah, when we speak on DC, we're speaking on it because we are seeing it. We are living near it. We are breathing it. And we are existing yeah. with it. It's not like so, we're seeing this from Louisiana or some bullshit. You know, we, we live here. No, we see this shit. Right. And Louisiana's got its own bullshit. And I've, yeah. done, I've done work in Mississippi. I've done work in Louisiana. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's why I'm so passionate about this, because I see the similarities <laughs> between D.C. and Louisiana. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, I don't think I have anything positive to say to end this out, but uh, hey, man. Just, uh, I don't even want to say nothing. I, I can't say, hey, let's love each other and everything, but. Well, no, your life okay. matters. Yeah, everybody's lives matter, but um, yeah, and Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that we don't care about other people's lives. It just means that right that. now, Black that. Lives Matter. Come on, stop right. it. Stop it. But yeah. I mean, I one know, thing man. I will say is, like, if you want to wrap up on a happy note, I'll say this. Like, I think something that's so important for us as Black people specifically is to, like, learn all your history. Like, there's so much of our history that will empower you and will bring you joy and will remind you of how awesome, like, the awesomeness that we come from. It's not all suffering and pain. You know, we're so much more than that in spite of it. You know, like go back and read. Like we had a history before, four hundred years ago. You know, and and we had a rich and wonderful history in between. We had we are responsible for basically every genre of music in this country. You know, and all sorts of. I was just hanging out at um Benjamin Banneker Park. Benjamin Banneker was from Baltimore County, and um he helped design D.C. He helped like helped lay it out like him and um Pierre Lafont. That's why they have Lafont Plaza and they recently opened Banneker Park. But those are like little things like that and his the it's a museum and a park. The museum's closed but the park is open right over in um Catonsville. So like those are little things that I've been doing to just fill my spirit and to remind myself like yo we have the capability and the fortitude to not only survive this but to thrive beyond it so i hope all right yep we'll end on that i'll make that the snippet then (laughs) all right all right everybody peace out